Christmas to all of our Magnify listeners. Magnify is a podcast where we discuss using our influence as followers of Jesus Christ to make a difference in the world. I'm your host, Katherine Davis, and today we are bringing you a very special, very festive episode of Magnify. Noel, 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 born is the key. we come to the end of this year and the holiday season, we are so grateful we could share our manifesto with the Magnify community, which is to inspire one another to love well. We are women who are united in our call to love first, to always love well. The Christmas season helps us to reflect on the greatest example of love, our Savior Jesus Christ. His is the ultimate love and the gift that we want to share with others. Today, our episode is going to look a little different than the rest of the seasons. Christmas is a special time for music and storytelling. So that is what we want to bring to you today. We have the pleasure of being joined by Chad and Ben Truman of the Truman Brothers. Throughout this episode, we'll hear both their own personal stories and more music to bring you the ultimate love of the season, the spirit of our Savior, Jesus Christ. You guys, first of all, I'm so excited you're here. Yes. Thanks for having us. This is great. I love this. It's been good to obviously like meeting with you in the last time up for women's and then now actually because we've heard about the Magnify and so to be able to be, do this, it's really cool. I know. It's so fun to have you here. We want to get to know our guests a little bit more and on a little bit more personal level. And one way we do that is we throw rapid fire questions at our guest. And so I have some questions for you guys, including Christmas themed ones. Are you guys ready? Mm, yes. Yeah. Okay. I first need to give a disclaimer to any parent who have little ears listening. They might want to turn the rapid fire questions down so that little ears don't hear some of Santa's secrets. (laughs) So here's my first question for you. I want to know how long you both believed in Santa growing up. Oh, okay. Uh, That is a great question because I now have an eight-year-old, five-year-old, two-year-old. And I've been asking myself, when is he going to start rolling in and saying, yo, dad, what's going on with Santa Claus? You know? (laughs) And it made me wonder when it was that I first started going, what's going on? And I don't remember. I want to say it was probably like 10. You were 10? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like you want to stay in there as long as you can Mm because you don't want the mystique to go away, you know? Mm. Uh, But then someone on the back of the school bus blows it for you or something, you know, usually. (laughs) Right. Or an older brother. So right. did you <laughs> blow it for Chad? Man, I don't I don't have a specific the age that pops in my head is seven. That's because really? you you learned at ten and you were like right. I, yeah. dude, guess what? <laughs> <laughs> I, I busted in the room and said, Chad, you're not gonna believe it. <laughs> That's funny. That's really funny. That is so funny. It's always that older brother. <laughs> Who tells you, right? (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) At least in our house. So my other question for you is, were your parents the ones who made you all get up at a certain time and sleep in? Or were you guys up before the sun came up opening Christmas presents? Hmm. I mean, we often were with like a bunch of cousins, which was really fun. We, We grew up in Nashville, but we'd always come out to Utah for Christmas season. So that was always really fun to basically, you had about eight or nine 
aunts and uncles trying to hold back about 20 kids, you know, from running into the kind of big grand room, you know, with all the presents. So I, I guarantee we woke up without needing an alarm. I don't remember if it was before the sun came up, but we were stoked to be there. It was probably the perfect thing because we would wake up early, but we had all our cousins there. So we would just like hang out and jam with them until the parents said, okay, it's time, yeah. you know, <laughs> so. Yeah, that's the perfect thing. Good memories. Okay, so here's my last question for you, and it's probably a softball one, <laughs> but you guys grew up in a very musical household, and obviously you are musicians yourselves, so what is your favorite Christmas song? Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, such a good one. Is that like picking a favorite child? A little bit, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which that question is easy for me right now, but uh, oh yeah, because you have one saying, child. Oh yeah, <laughs> and you know one Christmas song. Yeah, <laughs> I think I know yours, Ben. Well, please tell me. I heard the bells on Christmas Day, right? Yeah, great, great call out, Chad. I I do love that song. That's written by Henry Long. What's his name? <laughs> Henry David Longfellow. Yeah, you know it was a poem he wrote during like the civil war and his son had been enlisted in the, in the union army. And then he got really badly injured. And at the same time around there, his wife died in a house fire. It was like he was going through like the most horrible stuff. And Longfellow writes, I heard the bells on Christmas day after going through his darkest hour, his faithful response and what, what Christmas meant to him at that time. And if you read it, knowing that backstory, it's unbelievable to hear those words. And, and um, so I've always loved that, that Christmas hymn for sure. Yeah. For me, I mean, I don't know if it's technically a Christmas hymn, but um, Let There Be Peace on Earth. Our grandpa would sing it often. And just that sentiment, Let There Be Peace on Earth and Let It Begin With Me. I don't know. It just seems like a, a title you can live by. So true. I'm excited to hear some more of your favorite Christmas songs as we go throughout this episode. Yeah. But I am just really excited that you are both here and that you are going to be a part of this special episode. And to start off, I want each of us to share a story where we remember Christmas being a little bit unconventional or untraditional and what it was about that particular Christmas where we truly focused on the Savior's birth and focused on the real meaning of Christmas. I will never forget a Christmas that I had and I was pregnant with my second daughter and I have horrible pregnancies. Mm. And with my second daughter, I was really, really sick for all nine months. And I usually am hooked up to a pick line and get IVs every day. And I think I had lost about 35 pounds with this pregnancy. And wow, I was so sick and she was born December 28th. But the week of Christmas, I was in the hospital just sick as can be and feeling a lot of misery and pain. And I was scared and I just thought this was going to go on forever. And I came home from the hospital and it was just a day or two before Christmas. And we hadn't really decorated a lot for Christmas. And I just was miserable. And the doorbell rang and I opened the door and there was a Christmas tree sitting on my porch. Oh, no way. Yeah. I don't know who brought that Christmas tree, but it was a live Christmas tree and the lights were already strung oh, on that wow. Christmas tree. And I remember bringing it in the house and plugging it in. And I felt for the first time in months, hope mm. and light. And I thought of 
Mary and I thought of Jesus and the true meaning of Christmas that he brings hope and he brings light into despair. And that probably wasn't the most traditional Christmas we had with a lot of presents and a lot of excitement and activities because I was stuck at home. But that to me taught me the most about the true meaning of Christmas, that it's about the Savior who comes to bring healing and to bring hope and to bring light. Hmm. That is beautiful. That is. You know, it's it's not hard to have unconventional experiences when you're away from your home on a mission. And that's what, what came to mind. That's true. When you, when you asked this question, I served in Mexico and where I served, like much of Mexico, was very hot and mostly never ever rained or snowed, especially snowed. And it was really unique because on Christmas Eve was like, we worked hard in our mission. We had a lot of, you know, credit to our mission president. He, he, there was a lot of opportunity in Mexico and he made sure we seized it. So we didn't have a lot of time off and a lot of, you know, like play time. It was work, work, work. But on Christmas Eve, we had the chance to cut out early on Christmas Eve and have dinner at a member's family at 6 p.m., which was unheard of. Because <laughs> we usually we had one meal a day at like 3 p.m. And then we worked the rest of the day. At 6 p.m., we were going to go to a member's house and have Christmas Eve dinner. And it was just going to be this magical experience. That day, we started to feel the weather turn a little bit. And it kind of smelled that kind of smell you, you know, when, you, you, when it's cold. And it's almost like you can smell snow coming. And my companions mm -hmm. and all the people I was with that day, they've never seen snow in their lives and they're going, what, what's going on? I go, guys, I think it's about to snow. And as we're wrapping up our last appointment and we're heading towards the Christmas di dinner, sure enough, those flakes start falling and it was absolutely incredible, especially just as a missionary, you've been out for a year and a half, you know, it's Christmas Eve and it's just like, oh my goodness. And it starts snowing. And I tell you what, that town lit up in a way I've never seen in my life. I remember going over to this bench that we'd always walked by every day. And it was covered in snow. I went and wrote in my finger into the snow a word that was very well known in our mission. It was the word animo, which uh, it's hard to translate into English. If you look it up on like Google, it will say courage. And that's not right. The best way to explain it is in the scriptures. When Christ ever says, be of good cheer, he says, have animo, ten animo. It was just the perfect thing. Be of good mm -hmm. cheer, Christmas Eve. It was just this beautiful night. And I felt all the love and clarity and and everything you wanted to feel at that moment. And it was just a beautiful night for me. I love that. I can't believe it snowed in Mexico. <laughs> yep. In the middle of nowhere. And it's the first time in, I think it was the first time of any snow recorded in that area in seven years. So it was pretty, pretty special. Wow. See, it was just for you. Yes. <laughs> I've been thinking about that, uh, you know, as you guys have been talking, the thing that comes to my mind is my wife, you know, we, we've been married for 12 years now, and this will be our 13th Christmas as a married couple. For 12 Christmases, it was just her and I as a couple. And we've been trying to have kids for about eight years. And then about two, two and a half years ago, we started IUI and IVF, kind of the more aggressive infertility treatment stuff. It was Thanksgiving last year that we went and did the official transfer where we create the embryo, right? And I love that it was on Thanksgiving because this was our second round, actually, mm -hmm. our second embryo. We found out a few weeks later that it took. 
and that Catherine was technically pregnant. And then, of course, you try to hope that she stays pregnant, and she did. And then two months ago on October 13th, uh, our little one was born. As I've been thinking about like an unconventional Christmas, the coolest part is, is that we now will have our first Christmas as a family, not just a couple. And it's the most mm-hmm. I've been excited for Christmas in about 25 years. You know, I'm already like loving Christmas right now. This, this Today is Christmas, right? I love saying Merry Christmas to people. It's not just on the 24th, 25th, right? Like already, I'm already just so happy. We got Christmas music playing, the fire is going, you know, and our little one is just there in the swing of sleep. I just am so grateful. You're like George Bailey running through the streets. <laughs> yeah. Merry Christmas. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, I'm just so, so grateful for this blessing. I continue to pray and think of others that are in the same spot that we were in because it's not easy, especially when the holidays come around and you see right. other people celebrating. Basically, the most important gift beyond our Savior is I think about my wife and every, every mom. And now I'm going to kind of go off here, but like every mother literally sacrifices their body as the Savior did for somebody else. And they're a version of the Savior by doing that. To have our little one is just so, it's beyond, beyond happy, beyond blessed. I just am so grateful. Chad, you're making me cry. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, we've, like I said, like I'm 35. So to have our first little one, I knew we wanted him. I just didn't realize, I guess, to the degree. And so I'm so excited because this will be his first Noel. Recently, Ben and I got to team up with our good friend, Madeline Page, and we made this arrangement of the first Noel and released it a few weeks ago. Got a music video coming out soon. And and that's the song we want to play for you first today.
because I love that song. And honestly, after listening to Chad introduce that, I don't think I'm ever going to hear that the same way again. <laughs> With that love and emotion, it's beautiful. Thank, Thank you, you so much. And I truly feel that the story of the nativity is one that always brings peace to my heart. Those glad tidings of comfort and joy that the angels spoke about. Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. I've often thought about that nativity story. And of all the people that were involved in the story, I want to ask both of you, which participant would you most love to have an hour to sit with and ask about their experience in the birth of the Savior and why that particular participant? I mean, what a great question. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> maybe, maybe I'd probably hang out with the donkey for a little bit. <laughs> the donkey. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I wonder if this is maybe a little too on point. Is baby Jesus even an option? I mean, holding baby Jesus and looking in his eyes like, again, what I'm going through every day. Yeah. Right? But if he was an option, the first person that comes to my head is Joseph. I would love to talk to the father of our Savior, earthly father of our Savior. I mean, if you get one hour, yeah, I would love to pick his brain, you know, and what kind of man was he that he was chosen for that? What kind of man could I become by just gathering as much as I can from who he became? Amen. There's so much there that we don't know about, right? Yeah, because by the time Christ started his ministry... Joseph had already passed. We just know so little of him in scripture. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. For me, I've really enjoyed watching that film that the church put out, uh, The Christ Child. Oh, yeah. It's so, it's so good. The main wise man that comes, that actor just did such a great job. Mm -hmm. And he brings so much emotion. I think I'd like to talk with him. I'd like to know how he knew what was going on exactly. What prompted him to make that journey? Where, where did they come from? Just hear a little bit about his whole journey to get to that moment that clearly meant so much to him. It's a beautiful metaphor for our own lives and our own journey as we try to figure out what is it that we believe and why do we believe it and what are we willing to do for it? Those of us who hold on to that faith and let our actions match it I would like to think we'll have the same experience that he did in The Christ Child, where his face is just truly overcome with joy when he finally does arrive and see his Savior's face. It's just a, it's a beautiful video. It's a beautiful thought to think about. I guess that would be my answer. And I even have thought when I watched that, because I watched that a couple times today in my classes, how prepared he was to notice the signs, right? Like to recognize and then begin mm -hmm. his journey. Absolutely. And that he must have been well-versed in scripture and believed and trusted and followed when he saw the signs. Absolutely. I, love that. Yeah. I think for me, and maybe it's more of an obvious choice being a mom, but I think I would love, sorry, um, to spend an hour with Mary and ask her how she felt, right? Like of it course. was unexpected. It was probably unwanted. <laughs> It's not like this was her plan or her journey. And then she willingly followed. And what must have that been like? She did what was asked, what God wanted her. And I want to know if she felt overwhelmed and inadequate. Where did she go when she needed strength and support and help? And I would just love to talk with her about her journey as a mom. Hmm. 
and how she felt impressed. Was God always there when she had questions about how to be a better mom? Yeah. (laughs) Like, I believe he was, like he is for me when I have questions about how to help my children. How often did she have to turn to him with questions and concern and and wondering if she was doing enough? Mm. Yeah. And I've often thought of, you know, I would love to talk to the angel. You know, that joy of sharing that news? Right. That's what I can relate to. I know you guys have a song that talks a lot about that joy, and I'd love to listen to that song. Ben, can you tell us a little bit more about this song? Absolutely. Last year, we had the great privilege to be a part of the Witnesses of Christ event that the church put on at the Tabernacle, and they kind of streamed it out there on YouTube and elsewhere. And they asked us to do our own version of Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Like it happens often anytime we go in and dissect a hymn that we think we know well, but once we go in there and we start messing around with the tune, and the feeling of it all, the words kind of unlock and unfold in a whole new way. And that happened for sure with our arrangement of Hark the Herald Angels Sing. I love it. Did you guys always sing together? No. I mean, yes and, yes and no. I mean, my mom always had music going in the house and, and wanted us to sing around the piano and sing at church and stuff, but never any kind of like, this is what you guys are going to do because mm-hmm. one day you're going to be a duo. You know, like <laughs> none of that was ever going on. It was no. just kind of music in the home. We all did music a lot separately. Like we enjoyed listening to, you know, music and, and talking about music, but performing it, I guess our ages were kind of separated. Me, three years younger than Ben, yeah. three years older than Casey. Kenzie was five years younger than Casey. All of us grew up doing music, but it was not always at the same time or at least the same skill level, at least until Ben and I both got to college. It was right after his mission and right before mine. Finally, we had, I guess, usable enough skills to collaborate Yeah, and yeah. write and perform. I love that you have a history of music in your family. And obviously, music is really important to you. And it must be important during this time of year, especially hearing some of those Christmas songs. You can feel, I think, of your spirit and of your testimony as you sing. Do you have any specific memories of how Christmas music brought you a stronger testimony of the Savior? For sure. I mean, throughout most of my life, music, you know, specifically like certain songs were necessary for me to unlock certain emotions or certain understandings about the world around me. That's 
why I love music, not just any music, but like the songs that have touched me specifically. That's what drives me to be a songwriter because I'm so thankful that those songs have done that for me. And that's certainly true at Christmas time too. I feel like the music of this season is such a conduit for the incredible message of Christmas as well as all the memories, the beautiful memories that we've shared over the years with our family and friends. You know, one of those moments that jumps to mind, Chad alluded to earlier, our grandpa Delmont, who's now passed, he would always sing this song, Let There Be Peace on Earth. And I don't know, those, those moments for me are just kind of like special little core memories that were the Venn diagram of my faith and my family and my passion for music all blend together and to hear him sing let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me you know that kind of legacy man we're grateful for that our grandpa could sit there and sing those songs and have that testimony i'll never forget them yeah i'll just double that our parents music and faith was always a huge part i mean it was it's them and then their parents it is the generational impact, of course, now is even more on my brain. And I think about specifically Grandpa Delmont singing that song and then finishing and then bearing testimony of the Savior. The, that singing and the Savior were always just so connected. They, they were always tied together. Such a blessing to, I guess, have that blueprint to reference as we go forward with our lives and our, our children. Why do you think music means so much to so many during this season? You know, it's kind of like I mentioned earlier. I feel like sometimes we all need different mediums to help unlock the things that we're trying to feel, but mm -hmm. we suppress for whatever reason. And music, as we know, is just one of the great ways to do that. And I think because every year it comes back around and there's those songs that we get to hear every year and those messages we get to hear every year, it's an old friend when it comes back around. Mm -hmm. It helps us counter blessings. It helps us kind of see things clearly, maybe even want to be a little bit better and reach out our hands a little bit further to help somebody else. And I just, this the magic of the Christmas season is always there every time it comes around. And music's such a big part of that. We also end each of our episodes with a small and simple challenge that we can each implement throughout the rest of our week and for us into the Christmas season. In honor of our theme, To Love Well, what is your small and simple challenge to show your love to the Savior that you will do throughout this week to honor his birth? It's quite a challenge, one, one to take seriously, you know? I think of the hymn, I'm trying to be like Jesus, what that even means. It's a hard thing to go through your day when you have so many things on your, on your brain that you're worried about, that you have to do, to stop and never ask yourself, well, what would Jesus do in this moment? How would he be? I think it's a great thing about the show, The Chosen. I think that's why people like it so much because they kind of see an example of what that would even look like. I guess my answer to your question is just try to stop more often this week and uh, breathe a little bit so that I have the chance to feel those old familiar feelings of faith and love and then act on them a little bit more consistently the way he would. 100%. I would echo that. We, especially here in Utah County, Utah, there's a lot of energy. And sometimes that can turn into over, over hustle. And if we're not careful, then that mm. will that that buzz and that excitement can be. I need to be doing something always, right? Versus sitting and being. Instead of being a human doing, we want to be human beings and be in the moment, 
We want to be there wherever you are, be there, that present Monson quote. And of course, right now, it is for me, this season is so beautiful to just be here. But in general, in life, the adversary, but also just the ability that we have to do so many things makes it makes us feel like we should do those things, right? And I love that he's already given us priorities to start with, because otherwise you can be doing a million things. There's always a million things we need to do. The word need is conditional. You don't need to do anything. And so, especially during this season, there's so much good that's happening. And we might miss it if we're kind of in the overhustle. I think about this question a lot because in my home, we we have this tradition that I love. It's one of my favorite traditions. And we have a shepherd's dinner hmm. every year, a few days before Christmas. And we all dress up as shepherds and I lay everything out on the floor and we eat <laughs> what I think would have been a traditional <laughs> meal. And then we listen to part of the Christmas story and we think of, especially the wise men, as they brought gifts to the Savior. And we think of what gifts we can give to the Savior throughout the coming year and write it down. And we put it in a little box under our tree. And so my kids have something written down for every year that they can write. I think about what gift I can bring him this year. And as I've thought about that, I, I think it goes with kind of what you both have said, and that is time. This year, I want to give him more of my time yeah. and to be present in the moment and spend more time with him. That's what I can do to honor him yeah. through this coming week and months. You guys, thank you so much for being here. Would you guys think of one more song you can share with us before you go? And also tell us a little bit about the song you want to share and tell the listeners where they can hear you and where they can find your music. Yeah, you can find our music at Desert Book if you got one local. But of course, we are on like Spotify and Apple Music, all the streaming services. So any of the songs that you're hearing today, you can go listen to them literally right now if you have any of those streaming <laughs> services. The song we want to share lastly is one that isn't necessarily a Christmas song, but is steeped in the lessons of Christmas. And I think while we're all running around, as we've alluded to in, during this busy Christmas season, out there among us are those who feel a little bit downtrodden and overlooked. It's obviously our opportunity to reach out to those people and help them, but also just to share this message that Christ was born for clearly a very important reason. One of my favorite scriptures is when it says that God sent his son not into the world to condemn it, but to save it. That's what we're celebrating. Uh, we have this incredible opportunity now to be saved. He is mindful of us. He's doing this for us. This is what this song's about, and we want to share it with you now. It's called, O Child. Child, don't you know what his love is? Oh, child, on the days that are hardest, it'll feel like the whole sky is closing in on the worry and fear that you're holding, and all the rain will pain feel like you're all alone like you're all alone oh. 
Have a very Merry Christmas, and we will see you again on the Magnify podcast in the new year. Please join us over on Instagram at Magnify Community, where you can share your insights and participate in our content even more. We look forward to more next year.